Welcome to Everyday Therapist. I'm Rich from the UK. And I'm Cody from the United States. Before we jump in, we just want to say that this podcast does not constitute therapeutic advice. Welcome to our sixth episode of Everyday Therapist. Uh, Rich, it's been a few weeks since we've uh, talked together. How, how, how have you been? How's things going over the last few weeks? Yeah, okay, okay. And hello, everyone. Uh, hopefully, you're all still listening out there. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been d- doing okay. I'm trying to think what I've been up to, and I've got to confess this. I, I think I always start off the podcast by saying I've not prepared, but I really haven't prepared anything this time. So we'll see how it goes because I've just been, as everybody is at this time of year, just extremely busy with work and family stuff, birthdays coming up, and I've made the grave mistake of starting to decorate my daughter's bedroom, which <laughs> which, which basically means my whole life is on hold, and I'm also supposed <laughs> to be studying and everything, so it's just it's just like a great big ball of um, stress and, and stuff to do, and but just while well, you've been off on a gallivanting across the world. Right, right, yeah, but how, so what is the, the decorating of your daughter's bedroom, what's What's that? What's that going to look like? Well, basically, so she, we moved into this house about five years ago and we did what we needed to do to make it livable. The house is like in reasonably good shape, but the bedrooms kind of needed decorating really when we, when we actually moved in. And I promised my daughter Martha last year that I would get her room decorated and I failed to deliver on that promise so okay. I re-promised it this year and, and time's ticking away so so what I strategically ripped out the carpet and, and destroyed all the furniture a couple of weeks ago because it was it was pretty dilapidated anyway um, chucked it all out the window literally out, out the bedroom <laughs> window and then went, I, I've got to actually pull it together and do something now so I've nearly finished uh, painting all the walls and ceilings and everything like that so but it's just I don't know if you do your own decorating but it's just endless and it feels like it's it's never going to be done yeah for sure uh, we we have done a lot to our house here actually uh, when we moved in our basement wasn't finished and we've now finished that whole thing um, we tore out all of our upstairs carpet and um like laminate flooring that was all throughout the kitchen and everything and put down our own flooring um redid the stairs we, we've done a bunch but uh rich much like you um said that you you promised your daughter last year and now here you are this year our <laughs> house has been without without baseboards for yeah, about right. for about three three years uh is, we, we did all of our floors wall thing that's what we call them skirting boards i think is that the ah, same thing yes yes so we yeah. yeah so baseboards uh yeah along the wall uh and the floor uh so all of my ba- all of my flooring is just there and there's just a gap between my floor and my wall and it's been about three years now so yeah it's uh it's, it's quite I, I find it um quite stressful having like that endless there's endless to-do lists, isn't there, around the home? And actually, looking looking after a home is is reasonably um, well. It's, it's quite stressful sometimes. I actually, because where we live, I can walk one way, and I'm out into the countryside. It's a really lucky position to be in, and I can walk the other way, and I can walk down and see people's houses and all this kind of thing. And I actually took a walk down to the village last weekend because I just fancy the change of scene. And it was actually really nice because I was walking past other people's houses and looking at, at all the 
stuff in the gardens that needed to be done and a skip outside for this and, and some pile of rubble here and there and thought, actually, it's just, it's the human condition, isn't it? It's just, it's never, it's never going to be done. Um, but it, it is quite difficult sometimes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Always, always projects, and even when you finish one, uh, it's led to others. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, about my boring decorating life. What about your uh, <laughs> amazing trip? I believe you've been to France. Yeah. So we mentioned on the, our last recording um, that that I was getting ready to go on a trip and that I was looking forward to it, and uh, we did. We went to we went to France. Um, me and my wife and my two kids. Uh, that was. That was their first time, my kids' first time going to Europe. And um, I think that everybody absolutely loved it. We loved France. We'd never we'd never been to France before. Um, we, so we were there for about 10 days. And mm-hmm. uh, we, we landed um, in Paris and spent about three days in Paris um, exploring, exploring the city as much as we could and then rented a car and uh drove about 600 miles um i don't have any idea how that how many kilometers or whatever that would be yeah <laughs> we do we do we work in miles okay. very good so yeah about 600 miles um over the next four or five days went and saw um you know the english channel um mont saint michel um uh, went toward a, a chambord castle um Went up to Normandy and checked out the beaches at Normandy, um, uh, just a bunch of different things, and then went back to Paris and uh, made a quick stop at uh, Disneyland Paris, and then came home. Okay, so. sounds like it was quite a uh, busy time. Yeah, yeah, we aren't very good at planning relaxing vacations. <laughs> we we like to get out and see things, and there's so much to see yeah. and so much to do. Um, even when we have gone on beach vacations, it's typically like let's go check out this area and let's go see this beach, and now we got to go try this beach. And yeah. um, we like to do as many things as we can. So, yeah, I think we're probably the same. Actually, the idea of sitting on a beach or at, at the side of a pool um, is kind of appealing for me for about like literally two or three minutes, and then I'm just going. <laughs> Nah, I don't want to really sit in the sun. I mean, I don't mind. I like the sun and everything, but it's just like I don't understand. I suppose you need some people read books and things like that, but it's not really a place that I would choose to sit down and read a book anyway. So I'm definitely I do. I like to to, to keep moving. Um, did you have any downtime while you were there, or were you just on the move all the time? We we had maybe a little downtime in the in the evenings after we had done some things or like maybe after a, a drive when we had got to the place we were staying um yeah and it was a little bit too late to go out and do too much but it didn't really feel like a lot of downtime um between between driving i mean driving could be everybody else in the car maybe feels like that's downtime but i was driving so i didn't really necessarily get a yeah. relax or anything yeah. <clears throat> and driving in a new country is always a little different um, so you have to pay a little bit more attention to diff- just different way people drives and things. But, um, yeah, I would say there wasn't a tremendous amount of downtime. It was pretty much go, go, go the whole time. Yeah. I was going to say, how did you find it driving on the wrong side of the road? But you drive on the wrong side of the road in the US as well. So 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I was wondering where you how you're going to link that in. Uh, when I when I went to the to the UK last year, that was that was a massive transition for me to drive yeah. to drive on the the correct side of the road. Yeah, but uh, France was a little easier. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I had the most sensible idea. So when I was a kid and I used to play with Lego, when I built Lego cars, I put the steering wheel in the middle. Okay. And then, uh-huh. and then it could be international. So. Yeah. <laughs> right. You could go anywhere you want. <laughs> yeah. So it should have been, yeah, I should have been an engineer, but, but there you go. I missed my calling. So we were going to talk about, obviously this is a mental health um, podcast in case anyone had forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we were going to talk about the fact that obviously traveling is an exciting Thing to do and the standard thing is i suppose you you ask somebody how their holiday was and they say oh yeah it's, it's amazing it was absolutely right. amazing so putting you on the spot was it amazing yeah yeah um yeah i, I love that you asked that way because uh, you're so right even even you asking me how the trip was and everything our first go-to is to share the exciting times to share the good the good moments yeah. and and express the good stuff that happened that um and make it sound like it was just absolutely incredible. And and to be fair, it was. I mean, it was a whole new experience and and one that obviously we'll never forget. But um, there is a lot of stress that comes with with traveling, and um, that doesn't get talked about as much. I think that as I was kind of because I knew you and I were going to do this podcast today, and I, I was running into a few people yesterday just out and about in in regular life, and they were were of course asking about how the trip was too and i shared the same stories with them all good mm-hmm. all positive but at the yeah. end of the day um it does come with a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety and and uh there's good and bad and in in, in mm-hmm. each day that you have like i can go to this really cool experience but it's also very stressful mm-hmm. figuring out how to get there or, or you know what the customs are like or just do I at, at this point do I even have a mo- enough money to continue doing all these yeah. activities, or do I just need to fly home today because I'm running out? Like, there's just a lot of stress and anxiety that comes with it too that doesn't get talked about. It's funny. It says it really bad of me that when I hear somebody hasn't had a hundred percent amazing time, um, I feel some relief. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, uh, you sure? Are you sure? Everything was absolutely perfect. <laughs> like, you know, prod, prod, prod. And it's like, oh, right. actually, what's this day where we? And it's and it's nice. That obviously, it's good to to share all the the positive things about what we do. But I suppose it's a little bit similar with um, social media and stuff like that. Of course, we're not going to, you know, show this. Well, I don't know. Maybe some people do put negative things on. I don't really. Um, do social media, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't know it. But it is. Um, I think traveling can be quite stressful. I mean, I've not done a whole lot of it, but even family holidays have their, um, you know, their ups and downs. Let's say. Yeah, I think that, um, and maybe that could be the 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 topic of of this conversation, even though we weren't necessarily planning on having a, a specific topic. But just this idea of toxic positivity. H- have you heard mm-hmm. of toxic positivity? I know that phrase, um, but yeah, elaborate for me. Toxic positivity is basically when somebody presents all of the positive things and and disqualifies all the negative things or leaves them out to make an event sound uh, better or 
maybe in, in the case that you just shared, like on social media, generally people are posting about all of the really great things that are happening in life and beautiful pictures and look how, you know, look how fun things are and they leave out the stress and the anxiety and, and all the things that we all go through. Um, or even we, we portray toxic positivity on other people, not just by sharing stories about going on trips or sharing stuff on social media, but um, if somebody is going through something and it's hard for them and they're they're talking about that that experience um a lot of times our reaction is to sort of dismiss that hard experience by you know if it's if it's bold we'll you know we'll, we'll say like get over it right like oh, like yeah. you'll you'll work through this get over it you'll be fine but even in the softer sense it's i think that if when we say things like oh i think all things happen for a reason or, mm. um, you know, look on the bright side, or, um, I think that you'll, you know, you're strong and I know that you have the the strength to get through this. Like those are good messages in and of themselves, but it dismisses the human experience. It dismisses this chance that I'm stressed out, that I'm sad, that I'm angry, that I'm frustrated. It dismisses all of these other things, um, just to try to put a, t a positive spin on it. And that's toxic positivity as well. Yeah. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because sometimes as well, the, the other people might put a positive spin on it, but then the other one, I think parents are, are quite guilty of doing this to their children. Their children might complain about something or be having a problem. And, and you say, you know, um, well, it, it could be worse. You could be starving in a in a third world country, or, or you know, like something ridiculous like that's like that's going to help them. And um, I, I think that's also problematic. Sometimes, as we know, obviously, you're a therapist. I'm training as a therapist. You just want to be heard. And I know, and this this is a little bit. Um, well, this is something that's happened to me this weekend, actually. So as I told you at the beginning, I'm, I'm, I feel a little silly, actually, that I'm stressed out about everything I've got to do because I'm in such a privileged position. You know, I can go out and buy paint and materials and, and do my house up and all that kind of thing. So it's like, you know, privilege. And all I've done really at home is, is moan about it. Um, but I've got some other stuff on and I have got college work to do and I'm, I'm traveling away next week. I've got to go to London. I was in Glasgow last week. So everything sort of feels full on. Um, and luckily, um, you know, my wife will listen to me and she kind of today, she kind of gave me that knowing smile. Well, I just vented and she just let me moan mm. and then she let me moan and moan and she didn't try and suggest anything. But then she said, you know, in a nice way, after about a couple of minutes, she said, have you finished moaning yet? And I was like, <laughs> said, no, I think I've got a little bit more left in me. But she <laughs> let me like, yeah, it, it just, I just kept on going and going. And it was just like um, the pressure relief. So it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because even though we might be privileged and in a good position and there's other people far uh, worse off than us. It doesn't mean that you don't suffer an element of anxiety or stress about whatever's going on in your life. Yeah, it's it, it, it's something that a lot of people, if they're listening to somebody else that's struggling, 
we haven't really really built up the skills to to know how to deal with that always in the in the same way that you just described that your wife was so good at just allowing you the space and the time to to be able to to vent and moan and and, and talk about whatever was was bothering you uh, a lot of times because we are uncomfortable with that we do try to have the person stop complaining try to try to try to see things from a different way and we instantly sure. dismiss that and you brought up parents we do that all the time with our kids and and it's unfortunate because i think that we haven't learned uh, as people as humans how to handle that uncomfortable watching somebody else go through something uncomfortable and so right. we, with our kids we try and teach them to just ignore it and and look on the bright side of things too with the best of intentions but we're just repeating the cycle of the same thing that we learned yeah no definitely i think as well because as parents you've you've got so many things going on and and, and so many responsibilities and sometimes I'll, I'll just speak for myself you you kind of mix up your own problems and stresses in with family life and, and is the tendency to go god you know compared to what i've got going on today your little bit of maths homework and the fact that you didn't do so well on an English test today. It's really not that big a deal. Um, the thing is, we're not perfect, are we? And, and nobody's really trying to be, to, you know, trying for perfection as such. We sort of all try and be good parents and do our best. But I think it's just good to be aware. And I think training to do uh, therapy has made me hyper aware of, of this sort of urge to always jump in all the time. Yeah. Uh, the YouTube video I watched a couple of days ago, which our college tutor sent us, it's quite a good one. We could we could put a link to it actually. And there's a guy. I'm assuming he's a therapist, and he talks about the advice monster, and he talks about the scenario that as soon as somebody starts sharing something with you, and yeah. um, this part of your personality personality pops up, the advice monster, and you you start plotting what you're going to say and what advice you're going to give. Um, you know, before the other person's even finished. And um, so that was quite interesting. And and since watching that, I am aware of that. And, I, and it is something that we all do all the time. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I would definitely love to see that video too. I, I've not heard of that, but it's... Um... It's a natural tendency, and I'm not, I guess I don't necessarily know where it comes from, but I think that a lot of people experience it, like that desire to offer advice right away. I've been thinking about this a little bit because it's like a lot of our natural tendencies to do things is for it's for good intentions or it's for survival or it's for kind of, um, what would you call it, being part of the group and, and all this kind of thing, like it's... It, it's social etiquette and that kind of thing. So some of our um, unhelpful behaviours, in quotes, that, that we do, like giving advice to people, you do wonder um, why we do it. You know, are we doing it just to save ourselves? I suppose that's the problem, isn't it, sometimes, just to get us out of a conversation or to move on to something more positive. Yeah, yeah, and it, it could relate to that for sure. Kind of like I talked about that toxic positivity. Maybe that advice follows falls under that same thing. Is if I offer advice, then I can dismiss this negative interaction that I'm a part of, or reduce my my discomfort in some way. And and you know, here's here's what I would do, and you should do the same thing. Maybe that's part of that toxic positivity as well. 
So um, in terms of advice, and when you were on your um, vacation across France, did you find any times where you were trying to coach your kids and give them advice about the trip? You know, if they were finding it tiring or having a hard time or, or something like that? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I definitely fall into that, even though I'm aware of it. I still am human, right? And I still um, fall into that natural tendency. Uh, my daughter specifically was having a, a really great first few days while we were in Paris. And then when we started hitting the the road trip part of our vacation, um, her attitude and her just her presentation completely switched and she was no longer having fun and um outgoing and bubbly and and she, excited and and it carried on for for a couple of days and she started getting sick so um she had a sore throat and, and a little bit of a cough and um so i just thought that that was kind of playing into it a little bit but yeah. after a couple of days um like we we couldn't we we're having a hard time getting her back into just trying to remember that we're on vacation and trying to have fun. And not every day is going to be a level 10 of excitement, right? There's going to be some, some long car rides where you might be a little bored or whatever, but, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I would fall into trying to have conversations with her of, you know, what's going on, how, you know, why, why are you not talking with anybody or why are you trying to isolate or why do you have, why do you have, you know, a little bit of sass behind everything you're saying? And, um, yeah. for a while she, she just remained sassy and then it, it continued on. And then eventually it kind of get to the point where you start have, again, my humanness comes out and you don't know what else to do Like you start trying to help her, but she won't talk to you. So you maybe start giving ultimatums or lectures right. or ma yeah. making threats of some sort of like, you know, if, if we can't snap out of it, then we're going to have to not do this again. Or just like threats yeah. that you're going to not do vacations or take certain parts of the vacation away. Like you just, as, as a parent, as a human, you don't really know the best ways to always handle it. Um, frustration i suppose isn't it sometimes when you don't when you don't know how to handle things so you you i guess it is another classic parent thing isn't it that well maybe not the word i'm not sure that i like the word threat as such but these like wild claims that you know if this continues then we're going to do this or or you know never do this again and i, I find myself doing that definitely yeah it's 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 kind of a last desperation effort and yeah. that, you know, I don't know what else to do at this point. I don't know how else to help you. And I don't, the thing is, I, this is where I go back and forth as a therapist is sometimes like my therapy mind and training says, allow it, allow her to be right. Allow it to just work its course through and just be there supportive and encouraging and, and be ready for her when she comes back around. And then the other part of it is I want to, I do want to offer advice. I do want to help coach and I balance out parent versus therapist in that moment because i'm i'm not her therapist right i am her her parent but i can still offer you know things that i that i know and learn and like it's okay to experience boredom and acknowledge that you're bored on this road trip but not have it impact the next four days or try yeah. try to offer but it again it goes back to giving giving advice of some sort yeah, really, really difficult. And then aside from your children, then you've got yourself to contend with as well. So I'm really putting you on the spot and hopefully I'm not destroying your holiday for you. But <laughs> it was started as it was started as a great holiday. It's really really turned into the crowd. <laughs> it's what to me. It's like, oh my God, I'll never get it again. But um 
yeah how was it for you generally yeah for for the most part it was it was like i said it was awesome it was really really good but um there there are times that it was very stressful um things cost more than i planned on them costing and so financially i start to get a little bit more um conservative in in certain scenarios and then every time it's like oh it's lunchtime again already we got to go spend another sixty dollars or whatever for the family to eat and then oh it's been a few hours and now it's dinner time and i got to do it all over again and then yeah. i got to fill up with gas for the fourth time you know today and um yeah. So financially, it starts to wear on me uh, a little bit, and I, I budgeted and things, of course. But my natural tendency is, I'm a bit of a planner, right? So I'll put money aside and say, "This is how much I want to try and spend on this trip, and try and and build in a little bit of extra." Um, but when that gets exhausted, then I start getting a little bit nervous about things, and yeah. it's a little less exciting at that point. Like the activities and stuff that you're doing is like, well, I'm, I, I do love this, but I'm also paying for it with something I wasn't planning on. Yeah. That builds. Like, I, know you're, I know you're 16, but should we just go and build some sandcastles again? <laughs> I know. I know. All of a sudden more time at the beach sounds better. <laughs> <laughs> it's really it's tough as well. Cause as a parent, obviously you're trying to, you're trying to have the best time, aren't you? But you can't, and everyone's under so much financial pressure and, and this is going to build as we get close to Christmas and, and all that. And you can't just keep throwing money at things. Um, right. I mean, I mean, some people could potentially, so if you've got a lot of money, you could keep throwing money at things, but you, you would know that it's not going to fix any problems and it's going to make it, you know, it's actually going to cause problems, isn't it? If you keep throwing money at things. So it's yeah. as with everything, it's finding that balance. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then I, I have all these other anxieties that are just there that you try and shove down for two weeks, right? Like um, we have we have pets at home. We have uh, two cats and a dog, and we we send you know them over to different sitters to watch or try to have people come and stay at the house. And so I'm just nervous and anxious about that the whole time. Is are they getting taken care of? Are they getting fed? Are they you know doing okay? Like you, my wife is fortunate enough that as soon as we go on vacation she like forgets that we even have pets and animals and i really wish i could do that but for me yeah. i'm like a stress case the entire time i can't stop worrying if they're taken care of and if and so um yeah vacation is awesome they're they're fantastic but when we actually talk about life and and the reality behind it um there's some stress with it as well mm. and i think that's important to acknowledge yeah. Well, just aside from stress as well, and again, I, I apologize for being, it all sounds a bit negative this, but I um, I wrote a post on Substack um, a couple of weeks ago, and it was called, oh God, I'm such a barrel of laughs, aren't I? It was called <laughs> Feeling Miserable in a Beautiful Place. <laughs> that was my mind last holiday, then my little break that I went on to, to Norfolk. So, and it was, it was beautiful. The weather was absolutely beautiful. Um, we were staying with family. Uh, it's a lovely place to visit Norfolk, and nothing went wrong that I can particularly think of. Um, but because I'm a melancholic type of character, um, when I'm sat in a, a beautiful location and the sun is shining and everything's right, then I start to feel a little sad. Okay. Uh huh. <laughs> and I'm kind of like going, huh, you know wish life was like this more and perhaps I should have yeah. been more like this. And I've become all like introspective and um, 
yeah, just start thinking deeply into things. And but you know, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's particularly a negative thing. I think it's just my personality, and some people are like that, and, and some people aren't. Yeah, I, I, I definitely is. And and the better we are at tolerating some of those uncomfortable feelings, sometimes the the less scary those times are, right? And and in some ways, maybe you can even look forward to that time alone or that melancholic atmosphere. Um, but there's a, a number of people who stay busy, stay active, work way too many hours uh, just to avoid those those times you know like if i stay busy if i stay distracted then i don't have to engage in the sadness that might be there too here's a question for you how much time because we, at college we were doing about uh I, I think they referred to it as like ethics or an ethical framework so for, for a therapist and one of the recommended things was like um um self-care or, or something like that they might put it slightly differently. Um, how much time do you spend not doing anything and actually just taking some time out and uh, some, some self-reflection, that sort of thing? Is that something that you would do on a weekly basis? Um, you, you're just talking about in regular life, right? Not yeah. not not yeah. on my vacation or anything. Um, yeah, in, in regular life, I, I didn't used to. Um, prior to becoming a therapist, it was... Well, I don't know how true that is. I, I've always journaled, I guess, um, which I haven't been as good at lately, but I always have written a, a journal for many, many years. And so maybe that would be some self-reflection time. Okay. Uh, but but aside from that, none. Uh, aside from journaling, probably none until the last few years. Um, but now uh, I probably only dedicate about 15 minutes a day, um, mm-hmm. but, but it's per day. Um, but I, I've I've built it into my life to where I, I take my dog on a walk every morning um rain or shine or snow not that i yeah. love those times but my dog's got to go for a walk regardless and so i have learned to utilize that time as as my time as my self-reflection time as my in, you know introspection time and mm-hmm. i i will ask my i will literally talk to myself in my head as you know how you feeling today what are emotions are there what kind of thoughts do you have um that that type of conversation and uh and i've come to really really enjoy that time and and find great benefit from it because i'll recognize things that normally i would just ignore or shove down and maybe they would pop back up unexpectedly Mm. and and what made you start keeping a journal originally um that's a good question my very first journal entry was the the day my son was born and so maybe that was why Oh, wow. um, so yeah, so, yeah, so 15 years now because he's 15. Although, like I said, I haven't been as good about it lately. I think that uh, I hate to say this, but I feel like it's probably been about two years since I've actually journaled anything. Um, but I used to journal regularly, um, multiple times a week, and um, I, jur- I would journal about almost, almost everything just what was going on in life, what my experiences were like, you know, vacations, hardships interviews that went well interviews that went bad like literally just everything um so i was good i was good about that for a while Mm. did you find it so you found it helpful you must have i suppose you must have done because you kept on doing it yeah that's a good question um I, i i think i did find it helpful but i also think that i mostly did it with the hope that 
one day my kids would look back on it and read it and and see what my life was like because I was honest and genuine in it, right? So um, maybe they would. I, oh, I'm pretty open with my kids and things, but maybe they would get to know me even more afterwards, yeah. right? Things that I wouldn't say to them. Those like going on vacation, like the stress that actually exists there that you don't talk about. That would be in my journal, and my kids would get to see that later on. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I would say that I found it helpful. But I, but now, I, in some ways, I almost find my current self-reflection more helpful than my journaling mm. just a mm. self, uh, just my self-check-in yeah yeah it's something that i've started doing this this year i started it in january and it wasn't i don't really know why i started it but it wasn't um a new year's resolution or anything like that i think it, i think it had been circling around me for some time so perhaps the beginning of the year uh, kick-started me to doing it and I've, I've not done it every day but I do it most mornings it's the first thing I do when I get up sit down open up my laptop open up notes on on people with apple phones and stuff will be familiar with that and I just start typing away literally about anything um, and I do find it quite helpful a lot of days it's really just boring stuff and it's yeah. it might be like three four five paragraphs and it really doesn't mean anything at all and other times it's almost like a long scream or a long stream of consciousness and it can go on for you know a good sort of 10 or 15 minutes of writing and yeah. i think crikey like i didn't didn't know that all that was going on and now it's all out there on the page and then uh yeah, yeah. It's, it's a bit really good actually I'm curious. Yeah, you say it's been good. I mean, how's how's it been for you? Have you noticed, have you noticed different experiences or anything different now that you've been doing that for a little while? Yeah, not so. I mean, I've I've looked back at bits and pieces um, for inspiration to to write stuff for Substack and things like that. So it's yeah. quite funny reading reading back some of the things that I've been thinking about. Again, I have an idea we all have these sorts of ideas i guess but like trying to go back through it and curate it and and make it into something that would be worth reading um i don't i don't know something that i could perhaps leave behind one day which is maybe uh, i don't know there's something about getting older i think and and realizing that i have all these experiences and all this life stuff going on I tend to not remember much, just okay. like going through everything. So part of it is I would like to be able to look back and have some sort of, um, well, just way of, of, of reading back, looking at stuff again. Oh, yeah, I remember doing that and I remember thinking that. Something actually that's definitely happened, and this has just popped into my head, is that when I'm in a, a negative state and I'm tapping away at the computer going, oh, life's dreadful, I'm so stressed out, and blah, 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 blah. And it, yeah. I also know, I think, oh, cool, because in like two to three days, as is usually the case, I'll be writing something along the lines of, I can't believe I was so stressed out the other day mm. about this and that. Now I'm feeling so much better and the sun's come out and everything's good and yeah, off we go. So that that is quite interesting. It does pop into my mind that this will pass as I'm as I'm writing it. Is yeah, isn't that interesting how <clears throat> how we go through life with this like subconscious everything really sucks right now, but if we can pull ourselves out of our head just long enough to put it into the computer, 
it does build in a little bit of perspective of um, things do really suck right now, but mm. there's also a chance that that might not suck in two or three days from now. Yeah, yeah. So something that came up last week when I was writing, um, here we go, like revealing stuff on, on a public forum. <laughs> but <laughs> right. I uh, realized that like a bit of resentment had creeped in to, to my life, which I wasn't actually that aware of. And I started a bit of a moany kind of essay about this and that. And I thought, crikey, I've not felt like this for a long time. And that's a bit resentful. And, you know, being resentful is is a quick sort of uh, downward spiral, isn't it? It's like, you know, it's, it's not a good place to be. So again, that was quite good getting it out on paper and, and um, trying to work out why I felt like that. But I know last weekend... Um, I can't remember what it was about, so it was obviously not anything too important, but I'd felt, again, a little bit anxious. Um, and I did all the things that you're supposed to do. So I did some some journaling. I went for a walk. I tried to spend some time, you know, with my thoughts and, and, and all that. Um, and lo and behold, I actually felt better. Oh, that was the other thing I did. I did a bit yeah. of creative writing. So I had okay. like a creative pursuit as well and a bit of time in nature. So all that advice. And as I as I was doing these things, like going for a walk and, and, and other things, I was doing it in a bit of a resentful, this will never work type of way. Yeah. Um, yeah, it did. And, I, and I'm not saying it always does. So sometimes you go and do the exercise and go to a forest and, and take all the advice and you come back and you still feel pretty dreadful. And yeah. I'm somebody that that's in a, a reasonably good place. And I often think when I'm doing all that, I really feel for people who are, um, you know, going through some sort of serious anxiety and depression because it, it just, it's just very wearing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I'm curious as you're <clears throat> as you're specifically doing these uh, these activities where you can journal or go out in nature or something. Do you find that you can be more genuine with yourself in those moments, like scheduled times? Can you be more genuine with yourself than as if you're just going through life talking with people? Uh, yeah, yeah, I am. I am genuine with myself. I'm. I'm honest. Um, I'm totally honest in my notes that I write, my journaling, and I'm hoping nobody ever reads it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, but there's I, something powerful with that, I think, is is that that finding that a place where you can just kind of let go of expectations or societal standards and just be completely genuine. Yeah, it's difficult to get to. And I don't know if this is interesting to anybody listening to this, but I find with, with writing, I'm always really trying to find um my voice and, and some days i write and I, yeah, i'm not i'm not writing for anyone i, I lock these notes and nobody's going to read them so i've got nothing to hide in some ways but sometimes i write and i think at the end oh, it's just all a load of bullshit and you know it's not really me it's kind of shallow it's surface sort of chatter um and other days i kind of get a bit deeper and i get into a flow and i think that's actually that's actually me under yeah. there. So I feel, and this may sound a little bit pretentious, but I don't feel fully in touch with who I actually am deep down inside, but occasionally I, I catch glimpses of it. Yeah. 
And so one one time will be through writing, I catch glimpses of it. And another time, and I can never articulate this, um, but just occasionally when I'm out for a walk and I'm putting one foot in front of the other and I've got no distractions, I'm not listening to a podcast or anything like that, I'm just trying to uh, walk in a mindful way. And I almost, it's almost like I'm on the cusp of seeing something like almost like something tunes in and as soon as I become aware of it it kind of like evaporates again and that all sounds a bit wacko but it's kind of like I don't know there's something there there's something underneath it all yeah no it sounds refreshing it sounds like uh kind of like what we're talking about when we're, we're talking about how's your day and you just say good or how's your vacation yeah. it was excellent like that underlying message that never gets said you're able to find that while you're out walking and it's it's free it sounds freeing yeah, it is, it is freeing, and I think it's it's really valuable. Luckily, we hear it all the time, don't we? If, if people are struggling with anxiety and depression, we hear about walks in nature and just getting outside and daylight. Daylight is hard to come by. I'm not sure what it's like in Utah, but now it's not getting light here until sort of 8 o'clock in the morning, and it's dark at 4 o'clock. So actually just trying to get any sunlight in your eyes is, is tricky. And the weather's, I mean, been pretty horrible recently. Um, I am aware, though, that even on a cloudy day, I think if you can just get outside, I believe that's that's really helpful. It gets all your cells going and it keeps your circadian rhythm ticking over the right way. So it's just like, I don't know, I have this discussion sometimes with my son, my eldest son, who's 18, and he's somebody that's suffered with a bit of anxiety and, and, and things like that. And, and he really tries to do the right thing, you know, walking, exercise, nutrition. And sometimes if you're not feeling so good, but you're actually doing all the things you're supposed to be doing, you think, crikey, you know, what sort of state would I be in if I didn't yeah. do all this? Um, but I don't really want to find out. <laughs> I just keep doing I just keep yeah. doing all the things that I've got to do. Right, right. Sometimes maintaining that baseline is is enough for the time being. So, yeah. Well, Rich, uh, we we're about forty five minutes in, which I think is which is about fine for a full episode. Um, I had some things I want to touch base on real quick before we end, but but I mean, yeah. before I change the topic completely, did, anything else that you wanted to talk about or uh, discuss before we move on from toxic uh, positivity or or any of those conversations? Yeah, no, I'm happy to happy to move on. Well, I just I just wanted to say thank you for everybody that's been listening. I've received some good feedback from our last episode. Um, so if you haven't if you haven't heard uh, or list, sorry, if you haven't listened to that last episode where we interviewed uh, Sarah, um, I would definitely advise to to go check that out. I, um, yeah. I've had a couple people reach out to me and and tell me that uh, it's been one of their favorite episodes so far. So that yeah, was really, really nice to hear. Sarah's she was a great guest actually. She was very easy to talk to, and it was quite uh, powerful. Some of the stuff she was saying. So it's, it's, yeah, definitely worth a listen. That one. Yeah, and then of course um, maybe I should do this at the beginning so t- people don't turn it out, tune it out or whatever. But uh, Rich <laughs> and I are still always looking for people to um, if they want to come on the podcast and talk about their story um, with uh, you know anything mental health, anxiety, depression, just life in general, being a human, um, or their experience going to therapy and what that was like. Any of those types of things, we'd love to have 
have you on as well, uh, you can just email us at everydaytherapistpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we'd love to, to be able to talk with you and get to know your story a little bit as well. Yeah, that'd be great. We've got Sarah, um, uh, Sarah Reese from Therapist Corner. She's going to be coming on uh, at some point. So she's uh, she's had a listen to a few of our um, episodes, and she's uh, yeah, she's going to come on and talk to us. So that'd be really great. She's hugely experienced at helping people setting up in private practice. So anyone who's out there listening, who's who's thinking that that might be something they're going to do in the future, or even people who are actually in private practice now she's got a wealth of experience and information and she's going to come on and talk about that so that'll be really good yeah i'm excited to get to know sarah a little bit i know that you rich do you want to do you want to plug what you did with her just here recently i could try but i've forgotten what the uh oh let me think this is a really <laughs> I, put I put you on the spot then <laughs> no, no, it's fine it's fine it's her thing right so if you go on Substack and look at um therapist corner Sarah runs something called Therapist Corner, and it's, it, as I just said, really, it's to help people who are thinking of or uh, setting up in private practice. And she has a YouTube channel or a podcast thing that she does called Therapist Spotlight. And even though I'm not a therapist, she interviewed me for that. So the idea of it was uh, an interview. Now, well, I'm training to become a therapist, and then she's going to interview me again when I finally become one. But I did dropped the bombshell that I didn't know whether I wanted to become one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we'll get that second episode. It's all getting a bit frightening as, as we get deeper into it on, on level three. It's like, wow, it's just so much responsibility and um, you know, everything that could potentially go wrong within therapy. But I think it's that classic thing that you start off doing something and you think it's a good idea and think, oh, yeah, I, I could do that. That seems like definitely the sort of thing I could get to grips with. And then you learn a bit about it and you go, oh my God, it's like way, way too difficult. Yeah. Um, I've, I've mentioned this a few times on this podcast, but the, um, the dip, they, they call it the dip. And there's a good book by a, a guy called Seth Godin that explains exactly this situation where you start off and then you have to dip and go through something horrendous and then you come back out the other side. And most people don't don't make it. They, they give up mm -hmm. at that point. I'm hoping I'm not one of those people that's going to give up. <laughs> uh, well, now that now that you know the path, hopefully that gives you the the strength to carry on. Oh yeah, we'll see. <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited to have Sarah on. She's been extremely supportive of us and the podcast so far. Um, she's talked about it on on her Substack a few times, and and you typically makes comments and things. And so I'm I'm excited to meet her and, and get to know her a little bit more. And again, if anybody else wants to come on, we'd love to have you. Um, we have some other guests in the works, but um, hopefully they they won't. Uh, hopefully they'll be on sooner than later, and uh, and we'll go from there. But I think that's about all that I have. Uh, Rich, yeah. any, any last words yeah. from you? Yeah, just thanks to everyone who's who's still listening. Um, it'd be great if you share with other people and, and email us as well and let us know uh, what you want us to talk about. Uh, we've both been busy this week, so we, we didn't really prepare much. But as Cody says, we've got some guests coming on and, you know, hopefully going to do some some really good stuff. And and then it's fast uh, nearing the end of the year in 2024. And I was going to say we've got plans. I think we're going to make some plans, aren't we? So looking forward to it. And then I heard some yeah. 
dropping in your kitchen or something. Yeah, I was wondering if you could hear that. I have no idea what that was, <laughs> no idea what that was but I didn't hear any screams, so that's probably a good sign. Yeah, okay, cool. So, um, yeah, until, until next episode, um, thanks everybody for listening, and, and we'll see you next time. Take care, everyone. Bye.